This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey, are you a jock that likes comics? Are you a nerd that likes comics? Do you feel left out sometimes? Well, then we've got the show for you. I'm Imran. And I'm Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we host the Jock and Nerd podcast at jockandnerd.com. If you're looking for fun, entertaining, laugh-out-loud geek chat over all the latest Marvel DC shows and news, visit jockandnerd.com. Full spoiler podcast, lots of swearing. Uh, you're such a jock. You're such a nerd. Oh, come on. Shut up, nerd. Okay. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. It's uh, your Smugglers 3 of Wookiee Radio. That's Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. Are you sure? Didn't sound like you were sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to change, trying to change things like, up some. Ah, okay. <laughs> trying to be different. Sure. Because I, I was thinking, you know, we, we do almost every other show. Hey, welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is. Just wanted to change it up. Oh, ah, okay. Well, let us know when you're going to do stuff like that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we thought you had a little brain fart or something. I still have those, but. That's <laughs> um, yeah, old, isn't it? How are you guys doing? How was y'all's Christmas? Lovely. So, Crazy. There's too much stuff going on. So I'm gonna. I got ask, some great Star Wars. Stuff. I was gonna ask what Star Wars stuff did y'all get. I didn't get much yet because we don't. Um, I'm gonna have all, all the stuff with my family is still coming up next or uh, on New Year's. So I did get though from a coworker. I guess uh, they have the um, classic picture of um, Han, Luke, Leia, and Chewie. For, that was one of the publicity pictures from A New Hope that has all all their signatures on it that you can get. So. It, friend from work got me one of those to put on the oh, wall very cool mm. that was cool i got oh let's see i got my wife got me the star wars sock advent calendar so i got 12 pairs of star wars socks um my dad got me a couple of the hallmark christmas ornaments including boba fett's helmet a star destroyer and a death star uh, um and one of my coworkers got me these cool things that i showed you guys they're like the drawings of uh of U.S. patents for the different uh, a couple for a tie bomber, an ad at an X wing, and a snowspeeder. Oh, that's pretty, cool. Oh, that's pretty 
I heard okay, I, st- I, heard, I heard y'all got some couple cool gifts from a friend too. Oh yeah, we got the hats. They were awesome. The um, Galaxy's Edge cast preview hats and, and a nice Whatever. little pen set too. Actually, yeah, the pen set. I'm definitely gonna use those pens. <laughs> I'm dropping a link link in the chat because Vicky made out the best out of um, the two of us for Christmas. Cause I got her this for Christmas. Okay, there's a link. It's like long, but I didn't even know they were making this. We, we found Box Lunch is actually now at the store close to us. We've never had one around here. And they have a whole line of the Ewok animated series apparel and stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, right. So check oh. out the back the backpack purse that I um, got her for Christmas. That's Lounge Fly. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe Zoe's got two. Melissa's got two. Zoe's got a uh, a Doug from Up, and she has one of the San Diego Comic Con uh, port exclusives. Okay. And Melissa's well, got at- Melissa's got Captain Marvel and um, and the Figment thirty five uh, for the thirty fifth anniversary of Epcot. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I didn't cool. even know they were making these. I mean, th- this gives me hope that we may see this on Disney Plus at some point. And the cool thing is this is a box launch exclusive so you're not going to find it at the parks at least not for a while they also had t-shirt logos from the ewoks animated series like they had a princess nisa t-shirt um and then she got one of the box lunch uh baby yoda t-shirts so no i'd never been to box lunch I, box lunch is the kinder gentler family friendly version of hot topic yeah. <laughs> then i found out it is actually owned by hot topic it just doesn't have all the heavy metal in it yeah and the gods know, know what else is owned by Hot Top. Oh, they own like 15 or 20 different companies, but... Her universe. Oh, they bought her universe? Yep, a couple years I ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, a couple years ago. They must have paid a bunch, because you know Ashley loved that company. She probably uh, still works. She's still involved with it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's very much still involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Punch had a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Yeah, they've got quite a bit of it. I'm looking at their mini backpacks. Mm-hmm. They've got quite a few that are definitely uh, exclusive to them that I know I have not seen in the park. A lot of it, it sort of felt like Hot Topic without all the um, music stuff. And it was more in earth tone instead of all in black. But yeah. I'm not aware if I have one of those near me. I don't think I do. Oh, I think I found a shirt. Oh, this is a her universe. It's our universe. So it's the um, guys her universe stuff. The one with the Ewoks on the back of the shirt. It's a green shirt. It has the Ewok logo in the back. And then um, the front has a Yubnub patch with the animated Wicket on it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, they had a bunch of really cool stuff in there. I can see that. Um, oh. The cool thing is, that, um, did you guys know the whole deal with Box Lunch? What the idea of it is? A percentage yeah. of every dollar that is sold goes to actually providing... Um, food for like local homeless shelters and stuff oh very cool so i don't know the exact see here it says uh yeah it says with every ten dollars spent on any of the stuff there box lunch will help provide um a meal secured by feeding america on behalf of whoever the local member food ranks and stuff apparently i have one at florida mall about ten miles away. Cool. It's definitely worth luck. Yeah, let's go check it out. So, um, let's see. What did I get? I got a um, the Falcon from Solo, where it's just a ship, no figure, where you can remove right. the escape pod off the front. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I got a first order Stormtrooper head playset from Micro of Micro Machine. Mm. Uh, I also got Info uh, Infra's Nest Swoop Bike with Infra Nest and uh, the two pack of Muddy Chewbacca with Han Solo from Mudbane. Mudbane. Cool. From Mimban, yeah. Um, I got this Yoda. It's Clone Wars USB. And you plug it in, lightsaber lights up, and it's got a button in the back to activate it, but it's also got motion sensor in the front. Oh, okay. Hmm. 
I love the love the look of it. Also got a Maz Kanata and K two F O. The Death Star Cannon Lego set. A Star Wars calendar for next year. Cool. Um, what else did I get? I think that was about it. Oh, and for Hanukkah, I got the People magazine and uh, Life magazine that are special editions about Star Wars. Uh, the People magazine is the collector's edition talking about Rise of Skywalker, and the Life magazine is uh, George Lucas and behind the scenes. Nice. Cool. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to say we can talk resistance. Um, let's knock that out of the rate way real quick. Resistance. Oh, yeah. happened on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> that seems why. like a life ago. Yeah, as a yeah. Skywalker twice, watched Mandalorian twice, so. <laughs> but anyway, we can try. <laughs> yeah. So with resistance. We're going to talk about resistance. <laughs> well, as long uh, as Mike who will be, I'll remember. This one was called The Missing Agent. Oh, 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 wait, that's starting to bring back something. Yeah. And uh, number number one, number one, um, pay attention. They say pay attention to all the puns. The bounty hunter or whatever that is, which I love the armor. I love the look of this character with the helmet on. Uh, his name was Axe to Grind. Okay. Axe to Grind, I get it. Grind, yeah. <laughs> when I, I, I do remember when I, I had to look it up because I heard him. I, I almost thought that was Clancy Brown. It wasn't, but it sounded very similar to Clancy Brown's voice. Yeah. Uh, Who was in The Mandalorian. Yep. Yes. Number two, Lucky Leland. Leechy is named after Leland Chi, Lucasfilm's ah. Keeper of the Holocron. Hmm. I was curious if that's why they did that. And he's also a member of the Lucasfilm story group. Before Fred Armisen was cast in the role, Chi provided a temporary recording of the character's dialogue. <laughs> uh, bonus fun fact, Norath is voiced by Hamilton's David David Diggs. Okay. Uh, okay. Number three, Cantina Classics. Story arc required a significant amount of world building in the design phase with a new planet, village, and characters, um, according to Amy Beth Christensen. This led to several new background characters designed for the series, including some classic alien species from Moss Eisley Cantina. Be on the lookout for little seen aliens like um, Morsi, Syrian, and the... Uh, Sakian. Okay. okay. Uh, number four, heating up some leftovers. Both Norath and Lychee were inspired by early sketches of Duros and Gron characters. Uh, they were leftover from pre-production work done for the show. See, like we said before, they never throw anything out. Yeah. <laughs> and I find it interesting, too, that this particular Duros is uh, is green. And you don't see the gills on the side like you would with Cad Bane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, the old west of the galaxy. Star Wars has been influenced by Westerns, and Star Wars Resistance is no different. Either is the Mandalorian. Uh, Varkana Village was designed to feel like an old west outpost town, including the hangar exterior, which is inspired by Adobe Spanish missions which is cool. And then number six, twinning with a ship. Besides having an arsenal of techie gadgets, access custom armor, armor with a removable faceplate, his ship is also custom designed for his character. From the top view, it shares similar silhouette to his head and horns, which I thought was a cool looking ship as well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was a good episode, but it's just one of those I don't remember a lot because, <laughs> <Yeah>. sorry, <laughs> There was a bunch of Star Wars thrown at us. All at once. In, in the last 10 days. And everybody yeah. everybody has said it, but I am agreeing that it was hard to actually um, 
make it through watching the rise of Skywalker and Christmas and everything else while you're still worried about baby Yoda. I know. Right. Yeah. Well, for for me too, it's like, if there was a time of saying, was there too much Star Wars? This was that time. It was close. Because I, I almost didn't know how to process everything. And you know what? We're still not done. I believe there's a new episode of Resistance this Sunday. Yeah. Resistance has like 18 episodes this season. So, bye. Thank you. Overload continues. Yes. You can start withdrawals next Friday when you go looking for that new episode. Not there. Yeah, you gotta oh, wait. no. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to think about that. <laughs> But, hey, we're only two months away from homework. Yeah. Well, actually, oh, maybe right. Isn't it like mid, mid-February? mid I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah, because I think it comes out in time for my birthday. Yeah. Which yeah, by, I made the mistake. Just, huh? Which, by the way, happy belated birthday, Ken. Oh, thank you. So, yes. I made a mistake. I just now looked at our friends over at Heroes of Villains. They've added five new T-shirts to the Mandal- Mandalorian collection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was like a mistake. Yoda. Mm-hmm. They have the long look like band T-shirts with the logo or with the writing down the arms. They got all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, you made a mistake. The designs are all different than what other other people are running. Of course, it's heroes and villains. So we see a whole lot of the same picture of Baby Yoda all over everything. They're just now Mm. starting to actually get it out there. Oh. <laughs> I like on the sleeve house. I, I never got a good glimpse of what the his signet was. Yeah. When she said, you know, now you're a clan of two. Uh-huh. It's the mud horn. Yeah. They have it on the sleeve. It looks great. Mm. I like that. Mm. Those had to have been put on here today because they would not have wanted to um reveal that. No. Yeah. I like the bounty shirt. Which one's that one? The other long sleeve? No, it's the short sleeve charcoal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the one with the uh, Baby Yoda with the Mandalorian on his chest is a cool one, too. Yeah. Hey, give it to our friends over at Heroes and Villains. Uh, They've got some great stuff. Product. They make a mighty fine product. Yes, they do. We're not saying that just because we own stuff. Oh, they got a Mandalorian Guard concept t-shirt that looks great. They weren't paying us to say it. Yeah. Hey, they're they're more than welcome to pay us to say it, but I would say yeah. it anyway. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, I I even bought some lanyards to give to a couple of the teachers who have uh, been on the SAC committee staff at my daughter's school that have helped me out a lot. Some SAC one of the SAC chairman there, um, and they absolutely loved the lanyards. They got them. I got them. So I mean, it's the, they're they're a gift that's worth giving. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So um, so yeah, we've got uh. Uh, so that's resistance. I know very short. Let's go Mandalorian. I know we're holding off on uh, on Rise of Skywalker. We will get there, but Mandalorian was final episode dropped today. Who wants to start first? Holy carp! That's what all I can say. The ending was the, the biggest surprise out of the whole thing, but we'll get to that. To, to quote another um, another franchise, holy frack. Mm-hmm as well <laughs> now the only thing the only thing i had is a possible not a negative to it but something that took me a little bit out of this was i enjoyed the opening scene with the stormtroopers it was awesome it was funny right. the problem i had was it felt almost like a fan film like it was two uh bible first guys that filming a fan it didn't feel like it should have been in a canonical star wars setting See, it was all funny and i like fan it didn't films. feel like that to me. i didn't feel that way at all it no. felt like it was just it was just a, a scene of you know <laughs> two yeah. stormtroopers, two biker scouts. I didn't. It didn't feel like a fan film to me, but I could see where you get where that you get that feeling. But I, I think it's funny. Kevin Rubio came out. If you remember, he was been a guest on the show. Uh, 
wrote and directed Troops and Tank mm-hmm. Bank. He came out and said, uh, "Not, nah, I didn't write this episode." Yeah, because that, well, that's what the opening for me. That's what that opening scene felt like. Something that was written by a comedy writer for something like that. Yeah, and it was the two biker scouts were played by Jason Sudeikis and Adam Paul. I think it was. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was two more um, big name comedians. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. And my favorite part was when they were trying their little target practice and they kept missing. Yeah, it was about that was classic. <laughs> that was okay. if they didn't even like say anything. They just kept missing. I guess comicbook.com has already picked up on um, Twitter. People are all up in arms about that whole scene. But it's not about the scene. It's not about them missing or any of that. It's about the treatment of Baby Yoda. Yes. It's like, this is going to affect their careers for the rest of their lives and then beating on this baby. <laughs> they punched the baby. times. <laughs> They're lucky they didn't get choked from inside the bag. I know, right? That's what I was waiting for. That's okay. IG-11 to the rescue. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 that was awesome. Yeah. That it's was, okay. so, uh, that was so cool. Oh, it's another cool. one that you got to you gotta pour one out for IG-11. We lost two of our friends this in this season. Was yeah, he called? But the way he went down uh, was great. He said that since the beginning yeah. that he was waiting to pull out that thing. <laughs> yeah. The opportunity to blow himself up. I think he, I think that was one of his goals in life was to blow himself up. I think so too. I just want to self-destruct. Just let me self-destruct. Oh, come on. Quit taking away my reason. <laughs> Programming won't let me do it on my own. So you got to give me a reason. I have that reason to do it. I have the thermal detonator. Let me use it. Yeah. Only one thing that I, there was one thing I noticed about that, and he he and it was uh, he told the Mandalorian that if he says he will take care of a baby Yoda, then he will. Then that will mean he has, um, you know, done his programming and he can go back to his self destruct mode. But I don't recall the Mandalorian ever actually saying, "I will take care of this baby." <laughs> this is true. <laughs> This I'd have to true. go back. I, didn't, I was rewatching the episode when it was time to call in for there, so I hadn't got to that part yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have to rewatch and double check. He might have, but I don't recall it. Well, what was what was even funnier was when IG Eleven showed up to get Baby Yoda, and they started shooting at him. They couldn't hit him either, <laughs> and he was even closer. Ah. <laughs> uh. Ah, uh, and uh, I, I, how awesome was it to see the E-Web blaster? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for someone in a red shirt to just fall. <laughs> <laughs> they could have thrown that in somehow and not, you know, it still made it look like a Star Wars guy, but wearing a red shirt. Yeah. Well, I, one thing, by or watching a, that, um, what? Or a red animal. Yeah, yeah. That would have been just as funny. Yeah. That would have been, yeah. After watching the battle scene, the, when the Mandalorian gets out there and starts shooting everybody, um, you can definitely tell Moff Gerard was never a stormtrooper. He fires like one shot and hits Mandalorian dead in the back of the head. Yes. <laughs> he was never a stormtrooper. You mean Moff Gideon? Yeah, Gideon. I have to say, yeah, Moff Gideon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it was I, me before I, show going. <laughs> with Mark Jared Gerard wasn't a Moff, was he? He was a... Uh, he was a anyway... Yes. Uh, before I get distracted, I was going to say I love um, Giancarlo Esposito, the actor. 
who's who's playing Gideon, and uh, he was great in Breaking Bad. So uh, he's he's perfect for the role of Moff Gideon. Yeah, he's just so cool and and mean and ah, I love it. Yeah, but we do finally get to see them under the Mandalorian's helmet too. Yes. I love the loophole. No living person is allowed to see him without his helmet. And IG Eleven has to yeah. point out, I'm not alive. Not alive. <laughs> I'm not a living thing. Yeah, but that also kind of says about the Mandalorian for a second there. He considered him a living thing. Isn't that nice? <laughs> sure. And I and I love how we finally get some backstory on the Mandalorian himself. And I kind of kind of called it to some coworkers. I don't know if we mentioned it here, but he is not a true he's not a born Mandalorian. Yeah. He was well, adopted about- in. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but because they're not a race anymore. Mm-hmm. Because of the, the the purge, as they say, uh, it, it's no longer a race, but it's a religion. Mm-hmm. And Cara Doom even points out that, um, that, that it's not a race. She even knew yeah. that before. Yeah. Right. Who, by the way, we find out comes from Alderaan. That was cool. Yes. Which was quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's all ticked off. Wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but but it's see- funny. Oh. Just, just finding that one thing out tells you a lot about her. Yeah, she's, she's from Alderaan. Yeah, she has a vendetta. Although it just dawned on me now that repeating blaster she's got. You notice the cartridge underneath has the two little swirls on it. It's almost like the hair buttons. <laughs> I know I should have let you make that, Mike. Well, I don't think it matters who made it. <laughs> it's out there now. But Mike, you were saying about um, the or the flashback. We actually get the complete flashback now of the Mandalorian's yeah. origin. And the awesome thing is, this flashes back to more um, straight up concrete evidence of stuff from the animated universe being brought in. Because yes. if you notice the Mandalorian troopers at the end of that have their sigil on their shoulder pauldron. Yep. But and if you look it up, that's actually the Death Watch logo. Wait, which I kind of called it with because uh, I, I based it on the color of the uniform their their costumes mm-hmm. but that ties into what is going to be at the end when we get to that too yeah heavily into that yep so um uh, what else we got oh we did get to see more force powers from the baby and once again when he uses the force heavily he passes out yes. so he's yep. out of effort just, which is, uh, just force him to use his force powers and it makes babysitting so much easier than having to put him in carbonite oh yeah uh, all right uh, <laughs> What I found what I found interesting about that is he had he ended up having to use his force powers on the flame trooper, uh, which means he and then he passed out, which means he couldn't then use his powers to heal the Mandalorian. Yeah, so I like I like the way they did that. Yeah, I put that two and two together, but yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we ready to, have we covered most of the stuff until we get to the end of it? Um. Um, like the lava lizard things or lava rats that actually could survive right there on the lava field. Right. Yeah. The river I, of lava. I, I love how we get a little bit of the background on um, Carl Weathers' character as well. Yeah. Yeah. This mom, yes. Moff knew everybody, anything about everybody, but then it makes sense because we find out later he's actually former ISB. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So he can get into just about anything. <laughs> yes, sir. I want that fairy droid. Yeah, that was slick. Oh, I, I, yeah. did, I did not expect that when... Uh, they have to make toys of that. They have to. 
I, I did not expect that when we saw, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's an astromech. And I didn't catch the head right away right. that the dome has a spacer with it between the head it- and the body. Right. I thought it was permanently attached. Normally they are, because uh, the only other droid that would have that type of look was the R9, which is almost like a a helmet look, helmet dome. Right. Um, Yes, I am slowly becoming proficient on my (laughs) astromechs. Definitely need to learn how to speak to them. (laughs) Yeah, but this has a a slight spacer between the dome and the body. Yeah, it's only Mm. been modified yeah but to have what almost looks like um either battle droid or ig droid arms right. and legs was, yeah, was amazing oh well, like you said when you thought when it was it, attached to the ship that um we saw that earlier in the season with the um with the right. hover sled and that yeah. astromech that was an actual physical part of that hover sled yeah right and that's what i was thinking when i saw this one i'm like oh okay and then when he stood up i was like oh okay <laughs> Well, almost the same way as the taxi droid. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is you could see, like you were saying, with those arms and legs, Mike, you could see that that was cobbled together. That wasn't designed that way. So right. So parts from multiple different droids and put yeah. it together to turn into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, oh, uh, yeah. I want he had it for you I guys. Want, I want a three and three quarter inch, and I want a black series of that figure. Yeah. Make it happen. Well, it would probably it would probably come with um, be a vehicle that comes with the the ferry. Yeah, well, yeah. Screw, screw the vehicle. I, I just want it. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the Mandalorian having to remove his helmet. So does that mean that now that he has the baby Yoda? And it's supposed to, he's supposed to be the father for it. Is the baby never allowed to see his face also? What happens if he happens to be, like, mm. brushing his hair and the baby walks in on him? Do they have to kill the baby? Good question. Very good question. And what was it that you were starting Although, to say about Vicky? It didn't look like That's what, That was her question, her observation. Uh, was this, this is the rule. This is the way. You never take the helmet off in front of another living being. What about your children? What about your wife or um, your mate? It didn't look like he washed his hair too often, so... It's probably not yeah. a problem. <laughs> the other one, when when it comes to procreation, is that like the, some people leave the socks on? He has to leave the helmet on. <laughs> Did you ever see the um, read the, the? I forget what issue it was, but it was an issue of Batman when he was with Talia Ghul, and he and they they were you know uh, together, and he left it on. Yes, they were procreating, and he left his cowl on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've had a lot of that with him with the cowl on. A lot of the stuff with um, when he's fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, when he was fighting Thomas Wayne out in the desert, the yeah. Batman from the yeah. universe. Yes, yeah. he had the cowl on, but no shirt. Right. Um, Things that make you go, hmm. Speaking of Vicky, <laughs> I'm going to go with Vicky Harper real quick. Congrats to her and her husband Jesse on the birth of their baby boy. He was born on Monday, the 23rd. Cool. That's an Congrats. awesome day to be born on. Yep. I suppose so. it is. There's a birthday uh, with some very um, influential and powerful people. <laughs> Only if we knew one. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard a lot of crazy people are born in that day. Well, that too. <laughs> so we're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> so, um, so let's get to this ending. The yeah. <laughs> we 
that yeah, I love how he he finally is supposedly well enough to put on the the Phoenix Jets. Yeah, yeah. well, healed quickly yes. after that back to stuff. Yeah. Um. Did you guys see the text I sent you about the name of the ship of his ship? I don't know the the, out, the outworld. It was a Tie Fighter. Why? Yes. Yep. I saw that in an article. It's called an out outworld Tie or okay. something like that. Yeah. So it sounds like he had the Tie Fighter. Uh, Modified. Uh, I would guess, yeah. yeah. Because when you see Rise of Skywalker, you see that um, in the live action stuff, the TIE Fighters still land on their foils. The Outland Fighter, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, but yeah, you see that the um, TIE Fighter, and it, although he can shoot with a blaster, he can't hit anything with that TIE Fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's a little trickier. And for some reason, it can't slow down to hover. We've seen him hover all over the place in Star oh, Wars, yeah. but his he hover to shoot at them. Oh, here. Well, maybe, maybe that's the uh, what you sacrifice for getting the folding wings. Yeah, and the landing gear. Yeah. Here's then it. take out the hot jets because the <laughs> landing gear has to go there. Exactly. Here, here, here's an interesting one for you. With Rise of Resistance, the attraction here at Walt Disney World and soon to open in California, there was the um, the X-wing drones. Yeah, right? there were supposed to be Tie Fighter drones as well. Oh, really? and oh. Boeing and Boeing said, "Nope, can't happen." Because <laughs> in our reality, Tie Fighters truly cannot fly. Yeah, it, that's, that's, that's this is why they are a great makes sense. Great fictional fighter craft. Yeah, right. X-wings actually have wings; they could actually fly. Yes. Yeah, if done right. I get it. Fighters, yeah, unless you I have F and repulsor lists, you're not getting anything, any of that thing off the ground. No. No. <laughs> not comfortably. Well, you could, but you'd have to launch well, you could... like a rocket. Right, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. You could probably launch it like a rocket, but... Yeah, it's not going to glide very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Almost it... fall like rock with wings attached to the sides. That's about <laughs> how it's going to glide. Yeah. Like Bob Seger would say, like a rock. Mm-hmm. We do see, remember, um, earlier in some of the trailers, way at the beginning of the series, we saw, um, I think we saw scene, or clips of this, the fight of the Mandalorian versus the TIE Fighter. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're chasing behind the TIE Fighter with the jetpack and stuff. So we did see that. I, I was thinking as I, as I, mm-hmm. I was thinking that as I was watching the scene, I was like, oh, that's from the trailer. I forgot yeah. we hadn't seen Yeah. And that was so worth waiting for that scene to come in. And all this stuff, we're oh, excited. Yeah. Awesome stuff going on. The, um, the way all this happens is fantastic. And then we get to the, um, after the TIE Fighter's been brought down, and then it, it wipes out how awesome the rest of the show was because of the last part being so fantastically more awesome. Uh, man. That. So who wants to talk, describe it? Um, it? It definitely makes you wonder what has potentially happened to Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because to her, because there's only one way you get that. Mm-hmm. True. So she's not going to be in Mandalorian season two. I guarantee. Um, it. <laughs> unless he assumed she was dead. She's or unless, unless she's a prisoner of some sort. That's yeah. That too. And if so, well, I hope it's 
Katie Sackoff that play that plays her. If she does oh come in. yeah, you guys from Felonian Company, yeah, that they're gonna do that. But uh, what we're talking about, yeah, I was gonna say, did we mention it yet? No, <laughs> yet. No, we haven't mentioned it yet. To see the wreckage of the Tie Fighter. You see, the Jaw was already scrapping it, and it's still on fire. Yeah. And suddenly, you see, it looks like a plasma cutter is cutting. Uh, now, I don't know why he didn't pop the hatch because the hatch was sitting right on top, no problem. No, that's, that's the bottom. <laughs> it was crushed or something. I was bottom because you're seeing the laser cannons on. At the oh, top. oh, I'd have right. to go back and see it again. But you do see out of the yeah, side, maybe, yeah. it looks like a cutter's cutting it, and it's orange. But then all of a sudden, you see this black streak coming out of it and you realize he has the dark saber yeah i didn't realize it until he fully came out at first i was like is that a viper blade or something but no no, no i saw it yeah knowing that dave filoni was one of the writers on this and john favreau playing pre vizsla and then you see the i saw that it was whatever it was was black i, I assumed what it was before i saw it but it is definitely the mandalorian dark saber yeah yeah but it never even occurred to me until i fully saw it that that could that would happen that they would do that and then when i realized it, i was like oh no well the cool thing is we see the dark saber which is a um black lightsaber that was actually designed or created by a jedi originally it was i looked it up a little earlier it was actually the first ever mandalore um race mandalore yeah yeah became a Jedi, created the Black Darksaber. Yeah. And then his family actually got it back dur- um, after the Clone Wars or when the during the fall of the Old, Re- Old Republic. Which That's what brings right. back to the Temple. Which makes me believe that what we're seeing takes place between the Clone Wars and Rebels. What, Mandalore? Or the Mandalorian? No, the, the rescue, yeah. No. Oh, right. When he was a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, that stuff could have been any time in there, yes, because um, the, the Darksaber stuff isn't until way later. But, um, no, I was assuming it was sometime in the dark time between 3 and 4. Yeah. Early, early after the um, – because the I think – well, no, that wouldn't be – no, because there's still Death Watch. So this is before Episode 3. Yeah, because – why, I mean, because why else would it be battle droids? Yeah. It would be, well, the battle droids, also it's um, before Darth Maul took over Death Watch. Because if Darth Maul was running the Death Watch during this, they wouldn't have been saving this village. Right, yeah. True. Because remember, after Previsla, Darth Maul took over Death Watch until um, they were <laughs> defeated by, um, it was a Bo-Katan and, um, Sabi- and um, not just a team Satine. together, wasn't it? Um, they kicked Ma- or, um, Darth Maul off of Mandalore. Yeah, which is what led to uh, to Satine's death. I remember right. I'd have to go back and watch, but I think that um, and we're going to get a lot more information on this in about a month and a half, anyway. Right. Because I think I believe for the um, final season of Clone Wars, which I'm assuming it's still final season, even though um, they've not officially said it. But season seven of Clone Wars, which sometime in February, they're supposed to be uh, tackling the siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah, I think they might want to maybe possibly leave it open just in case. Yeah. So. Um, but we do know um, Maul has the Darksaber all the way until we get to Rebels because Sabine gets it from him and it gets it back to Bo-Katan who uh, then uses it to reunite all the clans under one right mm. which actually wait a minute if she re- unites the clans and there's still a race of Mandalorians at that point yeah. so all the stuff that's that happens, what, yeah that's why I'm thinking it's after Rebels after Rebels it can't be though because um, Rebels is five years before New Hope which is about seven years before this Mm-hmm. 
approximately because yeah, we're we're around five years after Return of the Jedi right now, and we right. got what three between the New Hope and so that's eight another five years on top of that. You're still talking only twelve or thirteen years. There's no way it had he had he can't be like fifteen, sixteen years old. You know what I mean? Well, let's say if you put him at even at years old, which he looks closer to like five or six, even at seven years old, you're still looking real early 20s for him right now. And there's no way he's been a uh, bounty hunter too long. So that must be the original Death Watch before all that other stuff. So they were already getting foundlings and changing the way they did things before the actual full on siege and destruction of the Mandalorian race. Right. Unless that was a part of the way they did things. It could have always, yeah, it could have always been that way. Because um, remember, um, during Rebels, the Mandalorians are actually a um, were actually a an imperial world because they had the Viceroy of Mandalore and all that. Right. It was basically the imperial governor. Right. So they could have they could have done you know they could have had full blooded Mandalorians and in, in addition, they could have occasionally taken some. Well, according to Wikipedia, he was born before the Clone Wars. No definite date. Before the Clone Wars? Before the Clone so, Wars. Yeah, if you say 20 years between um, 3 and 4, add another 7 or so now, so that make 27. So, yeah, I'd put him in his mid-30s. That would be before um, before Episode 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which Death Watch may have been around then. It just hadn't jumped out into the forefront yet. Right. According to Wikipedia, as a child, Din Jarin, which we finally get his name officially in this last episode, was caught in the crossfire of an attack of separatist battle droids during the fall of the Republic. His mother and father hid under a hatch, but themselves were killed in an explosion shortly after. Uh, the hatch was then opened by a B-2 super battle droid, which attempted to fire on the child. Before it could, the battle droid was destroyed by a Mandalorian warrior of Death that confirms so that. As this other Death Watch Mandalorian warriors fought the remaining battle droids, the warrior flew away using his jetpack while carrying Dejarn, uh, rescuing him. Uh, ultimately survived the assault, was taken in as a foundling by the Mandalorians, who trained him and took care of him. He eventually joined the tribe and acquired Mandalorian armor. Once he received his helmet, he ceased to take it off in front of anyone else. As if he did, he would not be allowed to put it back on. Again, a tradition practiced by members of the Yeah. So, yeah, that was during the Clone Wars then. So it was um, before Darth Maul, but probably while Pre Vizsla was running it. Because mm-hmm. Pre Vizsla was still actually trying to um, be a Mandalorian, you know? Right. I mean, he had a totally different way than the way the standard Mandalorians did things. Because remember, the, at that point, the Mandalorian government, the legitimate government of Mandalore, was a pacifist government. And he yeah. wanted to go back to the warrior ways, which right. is what Death Watch was. It was a clan of warriors. Right. But all this to say, it was fantastic to see the Darksaber, and I can't wait to see what we get next season. Oh, man. Uh, 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 this was a cliffhanger that was worth going, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it, it upsets you, but makes you happy at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like, why'd you it, do it this? It makes war so bad. Yeah. And the armor gives us a, even more lore, really, because as far as she knows and stuff, it's weird the way she talks about the Jedi sorcerers and all this other stuff when she was obviously around way back when the um, Jedi were actually prolific around the galaxy and stuff. But she's talking about the legends of the Mandalorians and the Jedi and things like this. Yeah. So unless <laughs> right, but- Jedi were not seen by everybody, not a, there was the galaxy is so huge that many, a lot of people, even when the Jedi were in use, Still right. thought it legendary. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm sure all the outer rims and such. Um, plus, the other thing, like, like if you look at like Han Solo in um, A New Hope, excuse me, Star Wars, 
you know, he called it a whole region and everything. So, you know, some people might see it as, as you know, not not a real thing, but just legends. Yeah. Right. That's the one thing that if you look too deep into Star Wars, it's hard to, because everything we've seen in Star Wars revolves with the Jedi and everything else. It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that the rest of the galaxy had basically no idea what they were. They'd heard of them, maybe, but that was it. Right. right. And it's like in 20 years, how does that become legend in 20 years that people don't believe it actually happened? Because for some people, it always was legend. Exactly. Well, I figure with the order with uh, Order sixty six given and the elimination, who's to say the Empire? You know, oh, the right. Emperor very quickly turned. Yeah, you know, when they said you know the Jedi turned on us, you know, we ordered the execution. Yeah. That he turned around and said, right. Yeah, the whole yeah. You know, eventually, since they were in command, that all oh, eventually you know, hey. They were just a legend thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's always been part of the um, legendary canon. Uh, it's not. In, I don't know if it's in the actual real canon now, but back in the day, it was always that the Emperor, when they purged the Jedi, they went. At, he put his agents in the ISB on everything they could to find any reference to the Jedi in any kind of media or libraries or anything else, and get, re- remove it. Right. As all part of the propaganda machine. Yeah. And at, once we get into um, Rise of Skywalker, we'll see that that's just that's the way the Emperor worked. Yeah. How from the beginning was pulling the strings on everything. This is not if you actually look at it, this was not the Skywalker. This was the Palpatine saga. Right. Once we get to there. Yeah. That's in episode two of Wookiee Radio. That's coming up right after this. <laughs> <laughs> episode two. No, we're going to just continue on. Because we're almost at a full episode already. <laughs> sure. I told, like I said, we're going to be here all night, guys, which is great. That's why we're recording on a Friday. None of us have to get up first thing in the morning. No, I, I will be up first thing in the morning because that's just the way it rolls in this family here. Yeah. <laughs> so. So what else, was there anything else on Mandalorian? I think that's it. Well, we got I, I next, possibly because we remember we got everything set up. Uh, we got Cara Doom and um, Grief Karga are going to stay on Navarro, restart the settlement because pretty much um, everybody in charge is dead. All the yeah. they've routed out. All the Imperials are dead. Um, the bounty hunters had left, so I'm sure the people who live there are still hiding there somewhere. But the Mandalorians are all dead and gone. We didn't, we didn't even touch on that. Going through the sewers and finding a pile of Mandalorian armor. Yeah, oh, that man. was. Hey. And then and then the armor just picks something up and throws it in to forging it, forging it into something else. Yep. So we'll we find out that it came through and destroyed all what was left of the Mandalorians after the battle. Yeah. Mm. So let's jump over to Rise of Skywalker. I got a great piece of okay. transition for us. I saw that video too. I love that meme. I did not see that. Oh, you have not seen it? No. Well, basically, he just heard it. You, you, you gotta see this video. Um, he has a saber that he's built at uh at, was- at Savi's, and uh, he ho- has it lit and is holding it at um in front of Kylo Ren. Well, Kylo Ren kind of tells him to pull it down while he backs down like a definitely like a non Jedi, and it starts mm-hmm. to back up. And of course, you hear Kylo go, "Oh, a lightsaber, impressive." And then the stormtrooper comes up to him. If there was one Jedi left in the galaxy. It's not you. <laughs> and all his friends and everything are going, oh, <laughs> like the burn of all burns. Classic. 
So, Rise of Skywalker. Yes, the saga has finally up until they're ready to start doing them again. Because the way they left this, there's plenty of room for more. I, at this point in time, I don't want an episode 10, 11, and 12. I want these characters to have their own saga. They're going to do it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Stories. And realistically, I want them to have their own trilogy on their own without any of the original characters. I think the only original character I want to see is Chewie. And right. I almost hate to say it, I want to see Chewie die at the end of the, the third film of that trilogy. That could work. Mm. I, de- I definitely, if we're going to see Chewie's death at all, mm-hmm. I don't see in a comic or a book or a video game. It needs to be actually on yeah. screen, screen somewhere. Yeah. Jonas is earned that. I want to see Chewie die. I, I, and I almost want... I almost, I almost want to see it happen as a, as a natural death, not a... Yeah, he just died old age. I yeah. Actually, kind of the way it appears that Leia does, even though it's not that's not the way it is, but... Right. Mm. Um, well, but I don't want to see C-3PO or R2-D2 in it either. Yeah. Stick with the new ball droids, since that, that's the direction we're going. Stick with the balls, huh? Yep. Well... The reason 3PO is still around is basically the reason he was around with R2. You have to have someone to actually translate the ball droids. Mm. And Ray just happens to automatically knowing what all the droids are saying. Poe happens to know as well. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. But there was this movie, they did it, they did it right because it actually connected back all the way back to the beginning of the prequels and the whole reason. And they did what they said they were going to do. It brought it all back together. And as I was saying, it showed Palpatine actually was pulling the strings from before the beginning of the a new or the Phantom Menace all the way till now. Yeah, this was like I said, this was not really the Skywalker saga. This was the Palpatine saga, and it was the same one person running it the whole time. It wasn't the whole. I mean, it's about the family Skywalker. But the one man, Palpatine, was was pulling the strings since the beginning. So and it did answer just about all the questions that everybody had from um, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. It did, but in some ways it went with the easy answers. Well, we saw that with The Force Awakens. That's the way J.J. approaches this. Yeah, that's true. But it makes all the sense because it ties in with all the rest. You know what I mean? It shows you don't have to break everything down to make a good movie. True. Yeah. The other six movies before this, the answers were not all deep. A lot of stuff that we remember as being deep and philosophical was stuff that we've added after the fact. If you look at just what's on screen, a lot of it was classic old school tropes that you can call coming from a mile away. Yeah. It's hard to Year of this, but I mean, overall, I enjoyed the movie, but I do have a lot of issues with it. Well, let's get. To, um, I had a couple things that, on top of my head. I wanted to um, that I noticed in this one. That um, did you guys notice? They definitely show you in this how much more inferior Kylo Ren's lightsaber was than a standard lightsaber. You see it in that opening scene. A standard oh, yeah. lightsaber. If you stab someone in the gut, you're gonna go right through them and split them in half, right? Yeah. He's people are just picking them up and throwing them with his lightsaber and things. And not going through them. And then you see Ray's training, and she tosses her lightsaber and goes right through trees. Right. And did you see what they did to that lightsaber? They actually put a leather band around the middle where she repaired it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. well with, uh, with Kylo's, I mean, it's definitely a... Um... I mean, it's more of a raw sword. Yeah. You could tell by how yeah how jagged the blade is. Yeah. And almost dripping, if you remember the first film. Yeah, it's definitely more raw energy than than your typical lightsaber. 
if I remember right, they had said even back then the reason it looked the way it was because it was a um, kind of an older design for a lightsaber, and it was done poorly when they put it together. Well, with the cross guards, and you mean the older design? That that yeah. and just the way the insides of the lightsaber with the wires on the outside of it and all that stuff—it's an older design of a lightsaber. Right, I got you. Or it had actually been refined yeah. and actually turned into what it became later. Right. So, but we do get to see Leia's lightsaber in this one, which looked yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, and you get screen lightsaber at some point. Yeah, you don't see the hilt, but you know that's what it is. Oh yeah, I did like that they showed a little bit of of Leia training. Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, which, for those people that how does Leia have the force? She obviously she would have done some training. Mm-hmm. Well, she was almost completed her training. She stopped at the la- right before the very, I mean, the night of the very end, mm. which is why she was able to train Ray because she is a fully trained Jedi. She just chose a different path. What'd you guys think of the um, way they used Carrie Fisher's footage? I think it worked for me. It worked very, very well. It worked. It was. It worked really well. But for me, it was always like. Um, there was always that little tinge of I know she's I know it's footage I know she's gone so there's a little bit of uh, I don't want to say sadness but I don't know I don't know if that makes any sense but like a little bit of of um, sadness is the only thing I can think of but it's, it's not exactly sadness but just like oh I know it's I know she's gone yeah but I thought they did a really good job with it yes yeah well, some of that could be knowing how well they wrote the story around the dialogue they already had, because obviously they had to write those scenes so that the dialogue they had fit. But mm-hmm. then you think, imagine what they could have done if she was actually there. Yeah. And what they could have wrote with that. Well, there's word that it was supposed to be more of her story originally before she had passed. So, yeah. So the only place it looked like um, that you could definitely notice the CG is the same thing that we had with Rogue One. When they had the younger one, when she's in the training sequence and they flips open the visor, you could tell that that, that one was not the current Carrie Fisher. True. Right. I'll tell you. A little bit with the two. It looked great seeing um, seeing the two of them wearing the helmet mm-hmm. and fighting against each other. And they realized yeah. that the entire duel you watch them do is blind. They both had the yeah. blast shields down the entire time they're dueling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it also brings back it's like how much stronger Luke was with the Force at that point. How far along he was on his training and everything else. He had definitely not stopped training. Mm. No. But this gives us a little bit more of a reality too of um, what you call it. The you know, he has not that his story of what happened at the at the uh, academy is probably more realistic than what Kylo said. Possibly. And also too, if you read this last week's issue of. Uh, the rise of Kylo Ren, it kind of helps back that up. Yeah. So we got to think if Kylo already had that little seed of doubt and that anger in him to start with and fear, mm-hmm. then uh, any little bit of nudge would, and you got to think with Palpatine pulling the strings, you know, Palpatine, we've seen throughout the entire saga, um, him manipulating things from sectors away. Right. If he was planting little seeds and little nudges here and there in Kylo the entire time, it's not hard to see. Kylo would have seen it from a certain point of view. True. Problem is, by him doing that, Luke starts seeing it from a certain point of view too, and that's would 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 have driven Luke to the direction he went. Because he, you think he's not guarding himself from what the Emperor is doing because he doesn't know the Emperor is alive. He thinks the source, the Sith are dead, all of them are gone. He doesn't have to guard as much against that type of thing. Right. I mean, when the Jedi were at their peak during the end of the Old Republic, they couldn't see 
what Sith, what the Sith were doing. Right. Well, they didn't think, even notice it was way too late. Well, and we come to find out, too, Snoke is essentially a um, Palpatine clone that was allowed to have its own um, its own persona. I don't know how much of its own persona it had. I think Palpatine it was more of a puppet. It was more like, like an avatar of Palpatine. Well, it was, yeah, still, it was still controlled by Palpatine. 100%. Like, it, it didn't have its own free will at all, I don't think. And I don't know if it was actually a Palpatine clone or something else. Or another clone. It was a clone, definitely. I don't know if it was Palpatine. Yeah, I don't either. Well, it either. seemed like I'm they were talking sure. about, you know, it was a Palpatine clone because he mentions that you know i put i put snoke there yeah he created snoke but that doesn't mean that snoke was him because you gotta think if it's a clone of palpatine it's gonna look like palpatine everybody's gonna say wait a minute because it wasn't like people didn't know what um the emperor looked like well i think that's why um whatchamacallit why the whole uh, snoke's face was bashed and bashed in and, and malformed like it was do not okay. have that was done on purpose. which is weird yeah well, you got to think that was whatever it was that done like that. It was done before he even finished clo- the cloning process because the jar full of Snokes, all of them look like that. <laughs> jar full of Snokes. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a giant jar full of Snokes. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight, Snoke? <laughs> I got a whole jar full of Snokes back here. That's right. Some people put Spam in a can. Some put Snoke in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think he's an actual Palpatine clone, but Palpatine was 100% controlling it. I, yeah, I can't really say for sure either way, but yeah. I almost would not be surprised if when everybody else was out of the room, Snoke kind of just shuts off. Like the puppeteer pulled his hand out of the puppet and just kind of sits there. Yeah. <laughs> like a droid. <laughs> right. That's actually a good analogy. It's like a um, like an actual uh, droid. They turn it off when you're done using it. <laughs> it being this leader, no one's going to um, question it. All right, Snoke, power down. That's right. So, but there was some other stuff. That, um, some of the force abilities that we've seen that were looked interesting in this show, I did not realize until uh, I watched it the second time, and it dawned on me. We've seen like the one. I need to watch it a second time. Different things, huh? Yeah. So I need to watch a second time. But remember, Ray is getting visions off of touching different things with that stuff. It hadn't dawned on me that right. doing that for the last two months in the Jedi Fallen Order game, Cal gets um, touches things, gets a sense echo is what it's called, where you can actually get some images of what the history of this object is by touching it. Yeah, the Ray's force been echo. Doing, yeah, since Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. We see it again in the um, here where she touches the Sith dagger. Right. Like that, that connects directly. That and also the um, her climbing around in the Death Star was straight out of the video game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was. That's how I felt when I was watching it. I'm like, I just played this. Only it wasn't a Death Star. Well, I love I'm it. Game. I'm like 80% done. Uh, I just hit. Uh, I'm the, not sure how far along I am. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that Setho planet right after you get done at the getting uh, BD, BD1. Okay, Zepho. Zepho? Yeah. Zepho, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I got 100% so far on Kashyyyk and Zepho. I'm on Dathomir now. I haven't done 100% yet. I just got, I'm, I'm currently on my third trip to Dathomir. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, all kinds of stuff that references back to, and uh, now Star Wars is almost tighter now than it ever, has ever been, even though um, it's not Lucas, but that's, you see, since Disney bought this, when they said they're trying to make sure everything fits together, the um, Fallen Order game has references throughout it for the these movies forward and back and for um, 
and uh, like back to the Clone Wars and stuff with the Knight Brothers and the Knight Sisters and all that stuff is in this. Right. Um, mm, this right. movie referencing everything else and the comic books. Obviously, the comic books and um, books have always been in and out, but it's just amazing. Um, what was the other one that I saw that? Oh, the whole the day before this movie comes out, you see Yoda actually doing a force heal and full on healing someone that has been jacked up bad. Right. Then you see Ray do it in the movie, and they actually explain what it is that's happening. Right. Yeah. Which this is not a new force power. No. no. The first time I saw this used was I believe back in the West End video or the West End role playing game. One of the Jedi characters was a cleric style character, and you had force heal on that. Hmm. And we know from all the books in the expanded universe back in the day that that's what the whole hyperbaric chamber of uh, Darth Vader's was. He was in right. there trying to heal himself. He could only heal himself a certain amount. And back then it was said it's because he didn't have a complete body. So it wasn't as strong in the force and being able to use as much of the force to heal himself. Right. Mm. I mean, the canon has changed, obviously, but that was the explanation made back in the day. He couldn't like regenerate limbs and stuff like that, but he could actually relieve some of the pain. Right. Mm. So it's like this is the only thing I, that I'm trying to figure out that is brand new for this was that whole force time thing with Ray and Kylo being able to talk back and forth and the um, transferring actual physical items back and forth. Yeah, but we we, we see that, though, in uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, between Empire and Return of the Jedi, too. So A little bit. Well, that's when um, being able to get a feeling back and forth, like the feel of disturbance in the force, it's just it was stronger with Luke and Leia. Yeah, but we do get to see that there are possible. Well, we've already seen in um, the Enterprise of Skywalker, we or um, the Last Jedi, that there are other Force sensitives out there, and we got some major clues in this one that we may know another Force sensitive. The mm. uh, whole time, if that's not what for, then I am totally confused. Uh, yeah, but there were, there were, uh, there were signs I, of Finn potentially being Force sensitive from from Force Awakens. Yeah, but it's a lot more obvious than this. Personally, it's, I think it's been obvious from the get-go. See, I didn't pick up on it until just now. I didn't feel it. Because um, well, this one, you got to remember, he pulls the same thing that Han or Luke and Leia do at, um, in the Empire Strikes Back because he knows that, if I remember right, doesn't he realizes that Ray's um, okay or something like that? Yeah. He yeah. Knew yeah, but, but uh, he, he has some of the same things during the first two films as well. So I didn't notice him in those. Mm-mm. When you go back and see the other two, you'll you'll catch them. Yeah, and he's got a lot of feelings in this one too. Like, um, oh, I'm trying to blank on specific things, but it's definitely more ramped up in this one. Mm-hmm. So, but that's kind of cool to see. Um, the, like I said, the whole force time thing, and um, we do see. It's always been a theory of mine that also, and I've heard it other places before that um, we know. Well, we, I think we've talked about it on here well, a couple of years ago when we first started that. Um, Qui-Gon was the first Jedi to re- to figure out how to come back and be part of the Force but still interact with the physical world. Right. Right. Each Jedi since then has gotten a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger on figuring that out. The people that have been able to do it. Like, um, Qui-Gon, it was just an ethereal voice out there somewhere. But um, Obi-Wan was studying this with Qui-Gon enough that Obi-Wan was able to actually manifest a physical blue glowy. Right. He could walk around. And Yoda could do that. And Darth Vader eventually learned how to do that somehow. I don't, I don't know when he learned it, but hey. I'm not going to question it because that's just the way it is in the in the movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we get to the point where um, in The Last Jedi, Yoda is able to actually smack Luke in the head with his cane. He can actually <laughs> interact with the physical world and he could call down lightning. Mm. 
Yep. And then in this one, you get to the point where Luke Skywalker is the most advanced of all of them at this point. Actually, he's able to catch a lightsaber out of midair before it gets destroyed and then come out and actually use the force to lift the light, the X-Wing out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So he's all but physical body at that point. Yeah. So you get that progression of each one figuring out a little bit more about it and learning a little bit more of the way to do it. And unfortunately, Mike, I... I think that killed your theory there. Uh, when I saw him as a force ghost, I'm like, yep, uh, I was wrong. <laughs> Quite obviously wrong. <laughs> there would be more of him in this, really. But the way they were again, uh, the entire saga, they've been talking about Luke Skywalker and how strong Luke Skywalker, but he's only had a couple of minutes of screen time this entire mo- series. Yeah, I you, know. If you think about it, though, Obi-Wan's killed his clothes stay behind. Mm-hmm. Yoda dies, his clothes stay behind. Yeah. Kylo dies, or Ben dies, his clothes stay behind. Yeah. And Leia. And Leia. What the heck would Luke? He goes off and his clothes go with him. No, the robes blew off in the wind. Yeah. Yeah, the, you can see the um, the clothes blow away in the wind. Okay, I missed that. I'll have to go back and see it. Yeah, they kind of drop and blow off. Mm-hmm. And- I'll have to go back and see it. I totally missed it. So yeah. If, if, I will apologize now if if I am wrong, which I very well maybe could be mm-hmm. without a doubt. <laughs> this movie definitely is. Um, the I think it's going to do what Star Wars should have been able to do this whole time is have plenty of rewatchability and finding new stuff every time you watch it. Yeah. Because in this one, um, it looked like Palpatine was ready to bring back the race of the Sith. He had an entire stadium full of Sith acolytes out of it for somehow. Yeah. Maybe if I watch it again, I can clear up some of the issues I had with the movie. Yeah. Well, we do see also a connection to the prequels and the whole thing, This the whole fall to darkness in the Skywalker saga with Vader falling to darkness and stuff was afraid of losing someone, not being able to bring them back. And right. they, they're going to be gone forever, which... Um, we see that um, when Palpatine said that, that um, they, the Sith have been trying to do this for eons and no one really figured out how to do it. But you find out in this that it's pretty conclusive that the Sith cannot do that because I can. Yeah, well, they can do it once. Is what My take is they can do it once because Rey is absolutely stone dead. Well, it makes you wonder then the tale of the chosen one. Is it Rey? I still think it was Vader, but uh, actually looking at it that way because um, they may have switched it to Rey. They may have. Now, here, here's what? something. Here's something I'm finding interesting. Uh, this came from Screen Rant. Palpatine did not create Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, that would, that's never been confirmed either way. Is what it is. Well, no, it was confirmed, but now Story Group is saying no, it's not that way. Was where was it? Con- where was it confirmed? And um, uh, which book was it? It was in. I think it was in the final issue of Vader. Written by um, Charles Soule. It said straight up that um, Palpatine created Vader? Yeah. Or was that point of view on it? Actually, looking at this now. Is a point of view. I guess she was already pregnant, but Palpatine turns... Turns him into into a Jedi. Yeah. Well, you got to think the whole reason that the Jedi found him is because of what Palpatine was doing at Sidious. They would never have stopped on Tatooine at all if it wasn't for the whole um, trade stuff on Naboo. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if um, the Emperor had someone out there tinkering with that ship before they got it. So the hyperdrive would fail on him. Yeah. So... Like I said, Palpatine's been doing this the entire time. And then um, the one thing that Vader wanted the entire time, the reason he fell to the darkness, Ben was able to do because the only way to bring someone back is to, to to sacrifice yourself. The Sith will not ever do that because it's all about gaining power for yourself. 
Right. Never have the total selfless act of sacrificing yourself for someone else. <clears throat> so it's like the Jedi are the only ones, in my opinion, that could ever do that. Right. And unless the Sith are like necromancers and they could do it, bring them back as not themselves. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're the Sith, not the Night Sisters. <laughs> Night Sisters could bring back zombies. Yes, but <laughs> there could be a little of that. The Sith could learn how to do that. It is dark-sided magic, so. But yeah, that that was cool. And I like how they said, um, explained the force healing and stuff, that you're actually using some of your life force and imbuing it into someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. every time so every time Baby never Yoda did. does it, like he did with with uh, Carl Weathers' oh. character, he, he passed out afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's another thing that the Sith I don't think would ever be able to do if you're truly a Sith. Because that's another one. You have to sacrifice some of yourself to do it. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, no way. And that's where I think um, the whole idea with Palpatine that Rey, if she strikes him down, would become the Emperor herself. I think what would have actually happened was she strike him down and he would possess her body all of a sudden. Right. Because not stand there and allow her to strike him down knowing that he was done. That sacrifice. I loved where we see her battling herself. My thought was, okay, this is like when we see um, Yoda on Dagobah going through the caves himself. Dark side cave moment. Mm. And then Luke doing yeah. it himself. Um, mm-hmm. I just I want to see yeah. want to see more of that, that lightsaber. Yeah, supposedly Hasbro is um, making an actual version of it to be sold shortly after the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Cool, that'd be interesting. I imagine they would probably come out with a figure for for the dark side. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can hope. We can hope. Mm-hmm. I do like though in this how um, Ray didn't just get the old Jedi text. She had all of Luke's journals. It's like those couple of books that we saw in the Falcon was an entire library of stuff. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I loved how she, you know, when they say they don't know how to get to this planet, Ray goes, uh, I think I do. It's right yeah. here. I can't, I have no idea what it says, but, <laughs> but I'm trying to find this thing, but this thing is what we need. Yeah. And I love how um, the way I took it was 3PO's programming. That was old Republic law and he still couldn't break it. That, he could he could read and understand the Sith language. But he's not allowed to translate it. Mm, true. And the way he said it was it was a Republic rule or some sort. So I'm thinking that was actually an old Republic law because Pretty the new Republic. Why, why would they need to deal with the Sith? The Sith is dead. Right. Unless that's something that Luke had them put in. Because it's no, only one I'd, Jedi. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I like your, your first thought that it was an old Republic thing. And he still couldn't break that rule, even though the old Republic's dead. Right. That's some deep program. Mm-hmm. It did, although the whole idea of that whole plot line there made for some great comedy relief when 3PO all of a sudden is meeting everybody for the first time. I've only known you for five minutes, and you're already telling... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it also kind of... It's the standard comedy relief we've had from 3PO and the droids since the beginning. Yeah, but it also made his whole sacrifice feel less... Because then he got his he got it back from R two, which is yeah. his memory. But well, we did not know that was coming though until we got to the end. So when you first time, nah, you see yeah, but full sack. Well, they you they mentioned it was foreshadowed because they questioned does R two have a backup? Yeah, yeah, right. He had said straight up that so memory is so you know what I mean. 
Yeah, it, but you knew it was coming because yeah. Well, the one that got me. Did you actually think um, Chewie was dead? The answer no. quick. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, and it, it took me a minute. I was waiting for the them to say no. I was hoping and praying. <laughs> no, I was. I knew Chewie wasn't at all. I didn't know exactly how yet at the time. I think if Chewie, I think if I Chewie was was dead, there would have been a lot more, um, oh. a lot more uh, potential leak out there of him gone. Yeah, yeah, and and they already had to kill Leia off. So yeah, there was. I knew it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't ex- exactly what had happened, but I knew he wasn't dead. Well, yeah. if, if you remember too, when they land, you see two shuttles there. I didn't right. notice until the second time I watched. Yeah, I caught the second shuttle. That was there. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So the, I mean, it was a good heartbreak moment for me. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now Zoe thought he was dead. No, they can't kill. They can't kill him. <laughs> and finally, when they show him on, on the uh, star destroyer, she's like. Phew. Hey, he's not dead. And just hear her going off on it. It's like, yep, kiddo. Just continue watching the movie. Was she was she happy to see Was she happy to see there were still porgs around? Yes. <laughs> yes. That made well, they had her day. The Euronoc too. It it made her day that she saw porgs. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there were two, it made her day. The last two. Rats <laughs> have already become lunch. I was going to say, rats uh, have already been eaten. Get me in trouble. <laughs> oh, she she was picking on me about something. I said, fine. Uh, you say whatever you say. Porgs, they're what's for dinner. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, and actually, the, the sacrifice at the end of Kylo Ren, that I think was kind of foreshadowed through the whole thing. Yeah. Beginning, he's been trying to do something, do things better than his grandfather. Yeah, right. he finally his grandfather couldn't do. Mm. But he, but Kylo Ren could not do it. Yeah. Ben Solo could do it. Right now, how much of a surprise was it for you guys to see Harrison Ford? Was that not a great kept secret? That was a surprise. Yes, I did not yeah. expect that. And it was done beautifully. Yeah, I'll admit, I'll admit, I got, I got choked up in that moment. <laughs> And I love the fact that they did not make him a blue glowy. He was actually just a memory yes, or yeah. Ren's memory, Ben's memory of his father. Yeah. Right. And the whole thing with Leia hanging on until he was um, gone. Are we supposed to take that, that she was actually using um, part of her life force to actually bring him, bring back Ben from um, Kylo Ren? Cause she's so. kind of at the same time as he comes back. And then when he finally gives up his life force, they both fade out. So is it him keeping her around? Uh, I don't know, because you know, mm-hmm. he, he really doesn't start the change until she stabs, or Ray stabs him, and then turns around and heals him. Yeah, well, no, she stabs him, and then they both then they both realize Leia's gone. Right. Right at that moment. And, and I, so that, she dies. And I think that's when we see Ray killed Kylo Ren, bringing, um, bringing back, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, see, that's where is, um, if Leia... With Ray killed Kylo and Leia used her life force to bring back Ben, then Ray had to actually heal the physical body or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe Leia, what was left of her life force and her spirit actually was was used to bring the spirit in the um, consciousness of Ben Solo back. And Ray had to actually heal the physical body, the actual yeah. wound. Yeah, maybe. And then the, the Han Solo lines with him where they're um, it's direct from um, episode seven. I know what I got to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it and all that. Mm-hmm. And they do the I love you, I know, without the whole I love you part. Right. Yeah. 
I'll tell you at the very end when when Ray takes on the Skywalker name and you see Luke and Leia, I was a little disappointed we didn't see Ben as well. Yeah. Well, he's not I mean, technically he's a Skywalker, but Technically. Technically Leia's yeah. not a Skywalker either. Even though even though she is, she isn't because of her adopted name being Organa. Yeah. Yeah, but how cool was it though to see the um the Ray now has a yellow lightsaber? Yeah, and you, that was actually made oh, out yeah, of yeah. that staff she's had since the beginning. Yeah, I love that out of that staff. I loved her igniter for it. Yeah, it spins the ring or something like that. Yeah, to have a normal switch. Mm-hmm. It is, it's it's the ring. But here here's the other thing that uh, that got me with it. Um, the yellow which was the Jedi Temple Guards color. To me, it looked a little bit more orange than yellow, but it could have been the way I was looking at it. I'd have to see it again. I don't really... <laughs> thinking orange first saw it, but I, I saw yellow the whole time, which also wasn't yellow, also Jedi Counselors or whatever. Originally, yeah. but it became, it became more associated with uh, the Jedi Temple Guards. Yeah, from Clone No, it could it can only be orange. Her lightsaber could only be orange if... If you pre-ordered the game, because uh-huh. it came with bonus, uh-huh. I pre-ordered from the wrong spot, so I didn't get that. Oh, you didn't get the orange? No, I, I had I, I Costco's. Not, not that it matters. Oh, we don't want to spoil anything for Mike, but yeah, I already ha- I'm already using the orange because I got the pre-order as well. No, no, I'm not talking about orange. Oh, never mind then. Although I stuck to the orange for the most part of the game, but anyway. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to spoil anything for you. But you know, I used orange with the. Uh, I'm gonna say, with the uh, Jedi Knight games or Dark Forces games, I used. I switched to saber orange there too, just because it it shows better in the game. Yeah. But I know if what? I'm building an actual saber, my saber color is green. So. I remember when I was playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic, I used to keep switching colors all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was back with saber, whatever color you wanted to be. See so, yeah. Yeah. No, of course you got the white with Ahsoka, but I remember when white was more silver, considered more silver. Yeah. Mm. That's another one. Um, did you like the nod to all the different Jedi that were towards the end of this? Yes. And you notice, you hear um, Ahsoka's voice. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one right away. Yeah. And they're all, they're actually all listed in the credits, but I don't have a picture of them. Mm. Uh, according to Collider, we had um, Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker, um, mm. Luminaro and Dooley, which was Olivia Diab- uh, Dabo. Uh, Diabo? Ahsoka, oh. Stein, uh, Ayla Secura, which was Jennifer Hale. Yep. Mace Windu was in there. Sam Jackson. Uh, official uh, color of Ray Saber is yellow. Okay. But Obi-Wan Kenobi, both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness were in that. Frank mm. Oz's Yuta, Adi Galia, which was Angelique Perrin. Uh, Kanan Jarrus was in there. So we got Freddie Prince Jr. in there. Qui-Gon oh, Jinn, cool. which was Liam Neeson. All those were um, the ones talking to Ray at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Which also was a um, flashback to the beginning when he she was trying to li- hear the rest of the Jedi and no one was talking to her. Right. In the end, right. finally was able to do it. But here, here comes the other fun part. Um, Dave Filoni's been coming out basically alluding that Ahsoka still may not be dead. Oh, I, so I if that's know. the case, how do you how does her voice and her essence transfer back to Ray? That's what I, that's what I was wondering just now. I was like, wait a minute. By the time of the rise of Skywalker, she would kind of have to be dead if Ray's going to hear her through the Force. <laughs> 
Unless, but he's he's making reference to uh, Gandalf the White. Yeah, weather. Well, we've already seen that with the Soka the White. Yeah, but that may there are there are so that that leads me to a couple of questions that we still don't have answered. Um, such as where is Ahsoka? Is she alive? Is she dead? What about um, um, Ezra? Yes. What about Ezra and Thrawn? And the one I'm most concerned about. What about Baby Yoda? Yeah, where he, he's still grouping up Yoda. underneath the Mandalorian helmet. He he's flying the Razor Crest <laughs> because if that was indeed the Razor Quest, Razor Quest, <laughs> Razor Crest, we saw. If that was indeed the Razor Crest we saw, where is Baby Yoda? Yeah, because the Mandalorian at this point would be in his 60s, probably. Probably, yeah. Does he be about the age of um, Leia or Luke or any of them? Because I don't want to think about anything happening to Baby Yoda in between the time period. I'll be very upset. <laughs> he was one of the first um, people to join Luke's Jedi Academy. <laughs> yeah, probably. I am kind of excited on that, though. Next season, it looks like we're going to um, possibly learn some more about that his race and stuff, because the Mandalorian is looking for his people. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Well, if you mess with Baby Yoda between the Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker, you're going to do this to Eric, to Derek. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just saying. Yeah. But no, that's what I loved with Mandalorian this week and with um, Rise of Skywalker is the amount of actual lore we actually got and actually yeah. the way it's together and all of that. Um, yeah. Everything Palpatine's saying is like, wait, and it makes sense that holy moly that he was been pulling the strings the whole. I mean, it's written that way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other, like, but it's also cool that like with the dark saber, we get a tie into the to the cartoons and the. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. And I'm wondering because we know they consulted so, on um, on the rise of Skywalker. How much? St- what of his actual original ideas were still put in this? Right. When it comes to putting so, it all together. So that can be a, a little. Uh, that that should be some a note that Marvel should take. That's how you. Uh, that's how you keep it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess we could start trying to wrap this thing up. We're gonna be talking about this for a while because I, yes, I still want to go are. see it times in the theater. Yeah, I gotta see it again and see what I can pick up and. Although I have. <laughs> In standard and 3D, and they were both awesome, but the 3D in this was sweet. I have debated. They still do 3D. <laughs> I have debated going to try and see it in the 4DX, but man, I don't want to pay that price. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I went to the matinee, so it was like twelve fifty for tickets. That's actually not bad for. 4DX is 28 bucks, no matter how you look at it. Holy crap. Mm. Yeah. My mat was six fifty. I think mine was close to that. Yeah. So, um, final thoughts. Yeah, we're at that point. I really enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. Like I said, I love the fact that it tri- tied into so much other stuff. I think the more more watches, Derek, you're going to find more of the answers you're looking for are actually in there. Yeah. Here's my thought. My final thought. This is how this is how I felt. This is what I talked about on my review on Keepers of the Fringe when Chris and I talked about it. <clears throat> while I was enjoying, while I was watching the film, I loved it. I was enjoying it. I got all the feels uh, and everything. Then afterwards, when I started thinking about it, there were certain things that weren't quite adding up for me. I still enjoy the film. I do want to see it again, 
but uh, I think my I think my co-host on Keepers of the Fringe, Chris, put it well when he said it kind of is like Return of the Jedi too. Okay. Yeah, there was a that. Well, all three movies. Well, right or Last Jedi was the farthest away from the original trilogy. Yeah. Force Awakens had a lot of things that echoed Episode it was, Four. Yeah, it did. One, this one had a lot of things like we got the Return of the Jedi ending. Right. Yeah. So, so I before don't... tag, before you get the Ray tag at the very end of it, you do get the Return of the Jedi ending with the celebrations and things. Right. I don't know, and in some ways, I was kind of hoping for something different, but overall, I still had fun watching it, and yeah. I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a great film. Um, I don't know where I rank it yet. Mm. Um, I've given up doing that. I mean, yeah. I, and, and like I said before, you know, I totally enjoyed Last Jedi. But for me, that's the one I'm the most critical of. See, I feel like that about this one. I'm the most critical about this one. And that's perfectly fine. There's some people who are most critical over the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones or, or Revenge of the Sith. I'm very critical. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I'm the harshest on Last Jedi, even though I absolutely love the film. See, I find a lot more with this one than I do with Last Jedi. They have a problem finding major problems. I problem. think, like you said, what was that? Like, like you said, Ken. I think I'm kind of. I think I'm kind of done ranking the Star Wars films. Rather, I kind of see them as all as all one. Like all pieces of one big story. Yeah. So I try to look at at it that way now, even though Empire will still always be my favorite. But anyway, you got to think um, like you were saying that um, you wanted more out of, a little bit more out of this. You, this being the end of this saga, it had to feel that like it fits with these stories. You're what's coming next. And like Solo and um, Rogue One are the ones that are going to feel different from the way this is. Yeah. Fits yeah. perfect with nine movies. These nine movies as a whole, this one fit perfectly into it was a good end cap for that. Now, Solo had a totally different feel. Rogue One had a different feel. They were still Star Wars, and they still felt like Star Wars, but they had a different feel to the movie. And what yeah. we're going to get coming up um, with, if Ryan Johnson is still doing it or whoever's doing it, the movie for 2022, you're going to have a totally new feel for that because it's a different movie. It's not part of this nine-book series. Right. Mm. Look at that one, like the old expanded universe. If you had a series of books, the author was writing the whole thing, and it had a good feel to it. But when someone, another author would pick it up, it feels a little bit different. Right, yeah. And I think I'm, if if this was the last Star Wars movie we would ever get, I don't know if I would be satisfied with that. But knowing that we are getting more Star Wars, including The Mandalorian and such, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, too, um, with this, I'm glad we're not <clears throat> getting another film until 2022. Mm. Because we got so much coming to Disney Plus that I, I'm, I'm liking the idea of let's explore these other stories before that, we get a, a film. We'll make up for it. Yeah. Before we get a film exploring a new new uh, new area. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you on that one as long, you know, so we still have Star Wars coming. So yeah. they're going to be like a big so I'm cool with that yeah I mean we got Clone Wars coming we got Obi-Wan coming we've got Mando 2 coming we've got Cassian and K2 coming um it's not mentioned yet potential malls coming out yeah yeah 
There's also, a rumor. at the end of this, it is set up. Um, Lando and um, what was her name again? Jaina. Jaina. Oh, it set yeah. that up. Something coming with that. There's gonna be a story of that somewhere. If it's books mm, or yeah. a movie of their own or a TV series, there's something yeah. happening with that. They wouldn't have put uh, that last line in there. Of, hey, let's find uh, out. Endo series. Series. <laughs> You you think that's potentially his daughter? They have almost confirmed it. They've they they've so. but officially confirmed it. But um, no, what what you guys were saying though about the being glad that the movie's a couple years away. The way I'm looking at this, the way Disney has discovered Star Wars mm. is unlike Mar- Marvel. I look at the Marvel movie releases more like the way Netflix releases its series. It's great right. for mm. binge watching. Right. You, go, and you move on to something else. The Marvel movies are fantastic, but you still, you move on to the next one. Star Wars, you want to digest slower and discover and tear it apart. And because there's less of it out there, Marvel, there's so much stuff out there already that you just want to see what their interpretation of what they, what they're doing. Mm. Star Wars, they're making new mythology, right? That's what I just weekly. So we have more time with it, more time to actually talk about it and figure out what's going on. If you binge watch a series, you get about three weeks of that, and then you wait till next year. Mm. And Gloria, we're, we've had 10 to 12 weeks total. By the time you get done talking about it, getting ready for it and everything else, that's a large chunk of the year. Right. That's three months out of the year, all on this one series. And by the time we come around to the next one, we're going to be ready to go. We're going to be all excited about it because we want to see where this story went. Yeah. And we're not probably have to go back and figure out what happened before. <laughs> I'm glad, number one, that they did. They released The Mandalorian once a week instead of all at once. Yeah. And and it I'm glad a, that they dropped it all at once mm-hmm. for binge. I. <sighs> I, it I wouldn't think have it been ruined. It. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, like I said, it would have been a drop in the pond of everything else that's out there. Right, and I'm very glad that that w- in whatever form it is, we are still getting more Star Wars because oh, yeah. we were all we were all around, and that when Return of the Jedi was over and done with, and we had nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> the dark days. <laughs> You think that was the only dark times? Yeah. That mid-80, the mid to late 80s was because once 91 hit, if you look at it, it started coming a lot more and more. It started ramping. You see something's happening. Something's happening. Yep. So finally, we, the movie's re-released and the, um, then the prequels. Right. And then we've had Wars ever since then, all the way through. We've always had Star Wars since 91. Right. Mm-hmm. In some form or another. Yep. I mean, Star Wars never fully went away because the West End game started up real soon after Return of the Jedi, and that was keeping it going. But if you weren't a gamer and you didn't realize there was a role-playing game, you really didn't have Star right. Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I have a bunch of the books still sitting here. I got to sit down and find <laughs> some people to play. The originals? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a great series or a great um, game. So it was a totally different thing than what D and D is. Like even the newer yeah. role playing games are basically variations on what D and D built. They're yeah. all games. Even though Fantasy Flight makes special dice for it, it's still a D twenty system. Mm, true. Which I love, but I love exploring other game systems as well. It's nice well. having different. Mm. So, well, I think I'm going to bring this episode to a close. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. So, do it quick. Uh, I want to say Happy New Year to all you smugglers out there. Yeah. Uh, yes. um, 
We will definitely see you next year. Uh, we're going to take next week off for sure. It's going to be a crazy week. So we're going to be back recording the week of the week ending the 11th. So um, everybody another six times and make sure you binge the Mandalorian series three or four more times. Then we'll get back to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that now that you're able to binge, I'll go back and binge. And I'm glad when they dropped it, it was not in a binge situation. Right. So it'll be but nice. Kind of like, what stuff we pick up now that we've seen the whole thing? I am interested to watch the whole, whole thing all at once now. Now yeah. that I have seen, yeah. So, and on that note, it's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! I can't abide those Jawas. Disgusting creatures.